Looks like someone left a bunch of messages on my answering machine. Let's listen. Hey, Uptown Song Club. It's uh, it's me. It's uh, it's Tony. I am I'm on this episode, um, but my computer wasn't recording, and we didn't record the meeting, so that's why I'm uh, I'm calling. Um, I don't think I can leave my whole entire list of notes in in one message. Um, so I'm going to figure out the timing, and I'll, I'll just keep doing them uh, one by one until uh, until it's until it's all done. I hope I hope you're good. I hope everyone's good. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm going to call back again in, in a second. Okay, okay, bye. Oh, guitarist Tony Valdivieso. Excellent. That means that we can have an episode 4.5 where we get to hear his take on all of the songs and questions from episode four. That's that's great. Uh, let's listen to this first one right now. It's probably going to be about what the thickest song is. Hey, oh, hello. And I don't know. I don't know why I did that. It's Tony. It's Tony again. And uh, here's here's another thing I had to say from my notes. I'll, I'll just go, I'll just read, I'll read through everything. All right, yeah. Uh, and this one, this one definitely sent me down a rabbit hole, as, as most of the questions have. Uh, but I want to get the joke answer out of the way. Uh, Big Bottom by Spinal Tap. Clearly, clearly the thickest song. For those that aren't familiar with Spinal Tap, it's a fairly traditional, you know, two-guitar band structure. But for this song, they're all playing basses instead, electric basses. Uh, and the bassist is actually playing a, a double-neck bass. So clearly a lot of low-end for a song that's, you know, just very on the nose about uh, the topic of a big butt, very thick. But um, it's interesting. When you kind of listen to it, it's actually kind of thin because it's missing so much treble it's like you know missing mids it's just bass uh, and that's when i realized that any kind of thickness uh, to me has more to do with the production than anything you know like a, a, an idea of you know quote unquote a wall of sound or something Uh, and even something like How I Could Just Kill a Man by Rage Against the Machine came to mind because it <laughs> it even sounds like some of the instruments are clipping at certain parts of the song. And, you know, as if it's almost too thick for the means that they um, recorded it on. It was too thick for the studio. But where I think I landed was squarely in this, like, quasi-industrial camp. You know, I was thinking about Dead Man Walking by David Bowie. Um, I thought of Fire Fry by Rammstein or Rammstein. Never sure how to pronounce that or even the song name. Um, but yeah, that song is massive. It's like double-tracked or more guitars, like a bass that's kind of following along with that, just adding to it. The sounds of the drums, the, the fact that they use so much synth and the, the growl of the vocal, um, definitely bigger than the sum of its parts in my, in my estimation. So 
So I think the thickest song at the end of the day, it's got to be something like uh, by Rammstein or The Hand That Feeds by Nine Inch Nails. That was a great one. Uh, and even like that late 90s, early aughts remix of Blue Monday by Orgy. Like that, that I remember, that probably sticks out to me as like the first time I ever heard a like truly massive song. Good. No, no, that was a good one for sure. Um, I guess that means this next one's probably going to end up being about what his favorite album transition from one song to another is. Let's listen. USC, me, Tony V. Gonna read. Gonna read some more. Uh, and th- and this, I think, I think, I think we'll all like this part. I, I think we'll like this part. You know, I don't know. I don't know why, but I immediately thought about hip hop with this question. Maybe because so many albums have like skits or you know weird comedic interludes and it wasn't necessarily a a single transition but two collections of transitions that you know came to mind and that i wanted to to mention here the first album is called the main ingredient by pete rock and cl smooth Feel the vibe when it's bumping in my trap Steps the good fellas live on screen Now you protect the black queen Taking my time from the black on black crime Cause the night mega hits Victoria runs out of secrets Doing trials and lanes uh, And what Pete Rock did was basically At the end of each song He puts an extra musical idea at the end of it like you know almost something like that was going to be on the cutting room floor but instead he decided to use it um, at the end of the song because it never found a home another new song it's you know it's almost like a palate cleanser or something it's refreshment for the ear after what you just heard uh getting the last song out of your mind getting the next song ready for you getting your mind ready for it Uh, and i really like it but the second album i wanted to call out is uh to pimp a butterfly by kendrick lamar i'm african-american i'm african i'm black as the moon heritage of a small village part of my residence at the end of a lot of tracks he starts reciting a poem sentence by sentence reciting even more of it as you go deeper into the album so you know the first track let's say it's one sentence i remember you was conflicted misusing your influence by the time you're at the fourth track something like three sentences i remember you was conflicted misusing your influence sometimes i did the same abusing my power full of resentment Resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. However he does it, but as one of the final tracks, he recites the whole thing. I remember you was conflicted. Misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same. Abusing my power full of resentment. Resentment that turned into a deep depression found myself screaming in the hotel room I didn't want to self-destruct 
the evils of Lucy was all around me. So I went running for answers until I came home. Uh, and then has a conversation about that poem uh, with Tupac, you know, using archival audio and, you know, maybe maybe some other techniques. I was, I was punching the right buttons and it was happening. So it's no problem, you know. I mean, it's a problem, but I'm not finna let them know. Hmm. I'm finna go straight through. Would you consider yourself a... A fighter at heart or somebody that somebody that only reacts when they back is against the wall. Shit, I like to think that in every opportunity I've ever been uh, threatened with resistance, I, it's been met with Talking about their responsibilities as artists, the power music holds. Um, again, it's really, really cool and a really interesting, disarming way to communicate the larger theme or a theme of the album, or like, you know, the larger story of the album. Thought it was really cool. He can no longer see past his own thoughts. He's trapped. While trapped inside these walls, certain ideas take root, such as going home and bringing back new concepts to this mad city. The result? Wings begin to emerge, breaking the cycle of feeling stagnant. Finally free. The butterfly sheds light on situations that the caterpillar never considered. Yeah, no, no that's true. That's true. That's a good one. That's, that, that one worked out. Um, uh, let me see. How do I remember? Episode four, I think the first song we talked about was People by Silver Jews. So probably we're about to hear Tony's take on People. Hey, uh, it's Tony again. Uh, not running out of steam, are you guys? I'm, I'm not. I, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, here's, here's my next little, little bit of uh, my talk track. Uh, this one challenged me almost immediately, I will say. Uh, the guitar, to my ears, sounded a little bit out of tune, and that was, you know, my first, the first thing I noticed about the song. Uh, for those that don't play guitar, guitar, tuning is usually done relative to other strings, so, you know, it's happened to me before. You can be practicing for months and be slightly out of tune without realizing it because you're just tuning to a string that is out of tune. Um, and, you know, a sense of what is in tune in your mind. And most people, that's you know, it's, it's going to be slightly flat or sharp or really flat or sharp. But there was something about the vocal delivery that um, made me think of Lou Reed in a lot of ways. Moments can be monuments to you If your life is interesting and true there's a Greta Garbo and an Alfred Hitchcock and some black Jamaican stud. There's five Cinderella's and some leather drags. I almost fell into my mug. It's, it, I wrote down that it's like if Modest Mouse. You can't see anything Got into the Velvet Underground. in a really big way. The drums march along at the clip of an ivy trip like sparks from a muffler drag down the strip. But uh, what the song did to me is uh, made me step back and, and really and really think about the, the ways people listen to music and I think everybody has their own preferences. I'm definitely the kind of a person that listens to the foundational music first like the bed the music bed first uh and that's you know generally what sticks with me what i pay attention to off the bat you know guitars drums bass 
uh, and I must say, this, this track really didn't have much for me in that department. The guitar solo, if you could call it that, being two notes. And then, you know, two more notes. Uh, that was that was pretty cool, and then those weird like cat meow volume swell things at the end. Uh, you know, maybe that maybe that's kind of interesting, cool, and complementing some of the lyrical content. But at the end of the day, it felt like a, a lyric forward, lyric focused song. The drums march along at the clip of an ivy trip, like sparks from a muffler drag down the strip. Hey, you know, that's cool. It's just, uh, I'll be the first to admit, that's not for me. That being said, uh, some of the specific lines I thought are really, really great, really interesting. Uh, the, maybe the simple <laughs> the simple ones for simple old Tony. Um, you know, change your feeling about uh, the way you're feeling. You can't change the feeling, but you can change the feeling about the feelings in a second Moments can be monuments. Moments can be monuments to you. If your life is interesting and true. Super great, um, super true, but honestly, I enjoyed them far more as lines when I read the lyrics than when I listened to them over this track. Uh, so, yeah, not my cup of tea, but not to say that people can't be, uh, people can't be really into it. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of in the same boat. And I think the next song we did was Tony's Choice, actually. Uh, it was Easy Lover by Phil Collins and Philip Bailey. Let's listen. Yep, okay. We're, we're, chug we're chugging along now. Um, I think we were, on, uh, we were on the next song. So here, is, uh, here, are, some next, here are some notes about the, the next song. My song is Easy Lover by Philip Bailey and Phil Collins. Excited to talk about this because in thinking about this song and getting ready for it, I, I came to a realization. Easy Lover is probably the best song anyone could reasonably expect to hear while shopping in a Kohl's or, you know, a supermarket for that matter. Um, and I think that um, it makes me think of this exchange from, from 30 Rock, wherein, you know, Alec Baldwin's character. I was talking to Tracy Morgan's, Tracy Morgan's character says, Jack Donaghy, you are the best. You know what? I'm gonna make you a mixtape. You like Phil Collins? Uh, Alec Baldwin's character responds, I've got two ears and a heart, don't I? Which, you know, encapsulates to me that there's something undeniably, like, rockin', for lack of a better word, about this song. God, I'm such an old man. Um, and for a decade that spawned so many cheesy-sounding, dated, boring 
cookie cutter, like horrible radio tunes. This is this feels great. This feels kind of timeless, uh, and I think everything about it is kind of great, especially those drums uh, at the beginning. throughout the song. It's nothing overly flashy or technical. Uh, they just serve to keep the song going and they're exactly what the song needs. In the same way, uh, it feels like it's a song that exists to get as much out of that chorus as possible. I know that it started out as a studio jam between Philip Bailey and Phil Collins uh, towards the end of some sessions that Phil Collins was producing for Philip Bailey. Uh, and one approached the other and said, like, hey, you've been producing this, but we haven't really written anything together in Wham. Easy Lover. Um, started as a verse and a chorus. I feel like that's you can kind of tell that it, it, it started out as a verse and a chorus because that's kind of all the song is, but you don't really need much else. Uh, and because the idea of double-tracked drums or true two drummers came up earlier, uh, I'm not sure if this is true of the specific track of Easy Lover, but I know Phil Collins would double-track drum parts on a lot of Genesis stuff. Maybe that's why the drums here sound so crisp uh, and so, like, full. Uh, and there's another reason I love this song. You know, there's no shortage. But um, especially as it relates to the last song, this is a song you don't have to think about. There's really nothing to unpack. It's a simple theme. It's a song we've heard before. Hey, dude, watch yourself because you're falling for the damn devil. Um, I know you won't believe it until you experience it for yourself, but seeing is believing, but you're going to find out. Um, thematically, it reminded me a lot of Maneater by Hall & Oates, you know? And doing a little research, a lot of rabbit holes to go down when you're doing research for this stuff. Maneater dropped uh, December 82, Easy Lover, October 84. Part of me, and I don't know why, part of me believes that Phil Collins hears Maneater and says to himself, like, blue-eyed soul motherfuckers, I'll, I'll give you a Maneater. And just decided to do it his way and kind of blow it out of the water, in, in, my, in my humble opinion. Love it. Love it. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a good choice. It was a good choice. Best song that could play at a Coles, that uh, you can hear at a Coles, I think is probably a, a, an option for a future icebreaker question for sure. Um, well, if we already did Sil uh, Silver Jews and we already did Phil Collins and Philip Bailey, I guess all that's left is to talk about The Heist by J-Lib, which is the song I picked. 
Uh, I guess that's probably what the next answering machine message is going to be. Let's listen. You know, I, I, do, doing this is kind of funny. You get to think, you get to think about a, a lot of the things you said and what you what you didn't say. Um, and you know, maybe maybe that's a larger lesson about life, right? Maybe, may, maybe that's a larger lesson about uh, relationships and and life and and uh, the best way to to live. Um, but yeah, here's me talking about an, another song. You know, I had never heard of this project before, for sure. Um, though I I know of, and I think listened to at one point, the project that uh, you and Jim referenced a little bit ago. Yes, no villain, metal face to Destro, guess so, still incredible in escrow. Uh, and I knew a little bit about Jay Dilla from his instrumental tracks. Uh, at one point, at an old job, I was trying to put together a playlist of songs for writers like me, you know, instrumentals basically. Um, music that you can listen to that keeps your keeps your wheels turning but doesn't distract you with too many lyrics. Um, and I found Jay Dilla's name on a listicle somewhere. And I think the, the YouTube video I ended up finding was like a predecessor to the chill beats to study to videos that are everywhere or genre. Uh, but it was really, really great stuff. Really interesting, but still really easy to listen to. Uh, and I think collections of that of that kind were made for him posthumously, or maybe he made them for himself. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, Jay Dilla, fan of what I know. But back to this specific song. Uh, once again, it challenged me, just like uh, just like the Silver Jews decided to do. This one challenged me a little bit too. My notes literally say, I have no idea what's going on. LOL. I'm a lot and say it was slick. And if not slick, then it was probably Eric. Cause that nigga psycho too. That's what I'm gonna have to do. And this is another song for me where the you know reading the lyrics definitely helped. Uh, especially because listening to it you don't you kinda can't frame some of the things that are said. But when you read them uh, or at least the, the version of lyrics I read, certain phrases had brackets around them or parentheses, uh, which I think helped to also assign roles to each voice. Then I go digging out my honey celebrating till she out. But back to reality. I got a fatality. Of the voices that are used, which also threw me off a little bit, if I'm being honest. Uh, I will say that, um, again, in, in reading the lyrics, it was kind of nice because... Um, you know, listening to it, you might not catch references to Slick Rick. I'm a lot and say it was Slick. Raced up the block doing 83, crash into a tree near university. Escaped alive though the car was battered. Ratatat tatted and all the cops got I'm a lot and say it was Slick. Or Eric B. Honey Slip. I'm a lot and say it was Slick. And if not Slick, then it was probably Eric. I used to roll up. This is a hole up. Ain't nothing funny. Stop smiling. You still don't nothing move but the money. And if not Slick, then it was probably Eric. Cause that nigga and not just listening to it the first time, but when you do uh, and they're on paper, it's a lot easier to understand, again, you know, allusions to uh, fellow hip-hop artists, uh, the history of hip-hop, all that stuff, all that self-referential stuff that is so big in hip-hop. Um, 
and I think bigger than most other popular forms of music, which is really cool. Uh, and I even thought that one of the voices maybe was supposed to be Q-Tip. And I go digging out my honey, celebrating, tell she out. But back to reality. I am recognizing that the voice inside my head is urging me to be myself and never follow someone else because opinions are like voices. We all have a different kind, so just clean out all of your ears. These are my views and you will find that. But again, the bracketed phrases almost made me, you know, helped a lot with the understanding of the song because it almost made me think of... Uh, the different verses or different lines as uh, different chapters of the story or like, you know, maybe one is the expectation of what's going to happen when performing a heist. And one is the harsh reality. But back to reality. I got a fatality and this bitch about to rat on me. Plus I got this cat on me. I wasn't too sure. And watching a music video for it, um, I think the, the music video maybe, it definitely helped me understand the song a little bit, um, but, you know, regardless of whether or not I understood the song, there are some musical elements within it that I, I really, really, truly enjoy. Um, and one of them is the beat. Because I think the beat is so simple, stripped down, but interesting enough that you can kind of listen to it forever. Uh, it reminded me of, of, in that way, of a song by Del the Funky Homo Sapien called Y'all Little Crumb Snatch. Del made a pact to be well natural. Back from the wishing well to sell actual. Funk from the fun gets grown in the trench. It's getting kind of heavy, so I got a pinch and itch and it's a cinch to let my Which hand... is uh, this kind of nice, I think it's organ, it's guitar, it's like, it's definitely, you know, it's sampled from some, some kind of funk song. Um, but like, like the heist, if that beat went on for 40 minutes, I could probably, I could probably listen to the whole song and, you know, do so without getting too tired just because it, it's just nice. It doesn't, it doesn't need much else than what it has. Um, and I will say overall on the heist, it, it definitely grew on me as I listened to it. Uh, but I, I don't know if it grabs me just yet, if, if any of that makes sense. I think... Knowing, knowing a little bit more now, by hearing, you know, hearing the group talk about it, uh, it does a lot for me. Uh, and what you said, Pat, about thinking about this as though it were a radio play on acid. That, that makes way too much sense. So, and, you know, it makes me want the story to just keep going and going and going. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's me and my relationship with the heist. A complicated one. Well, that was really nice that Tony took the time to call into my totally real answering machine and leave his opinions in all these Episode 4 songs. 